friends. Welcome back to another week of the Recover Your Life podcast. My name is Bridget and I am your host. Together, we're building a community of men and women who know what it means to grieve well, rest well, and love well, to live the life we dream of. Today, I sit down and have a conversation with Trey Gross. Trey is a pastor, counselor, and educator called to help people put language to their stories and walk out their identity in Christ. He uses his theological and psychological background to create tools and resources to help people heal and discover who they are. Currently, outside of hanging out with his friends, he's also working on finishing up his doctorate in traumatology and counseling. Today's conversation is a beautiful intersection of my favorite things, psychology and theology. We are talking about trauma-informed discipleship, which means when people come to know Jesus, there is a grief process and there's the reality of the life that we've experienced up until this point does come with us. And Jesus is really glad to sit with us in those things. We're talking about how as church leaders, we can create safe places and engage in people's trauma stories. We're also talking about the humanity of Jesus and how, if we're honest, that can be kind of annoying and messy sometimes because our brains can't wrap our mind around it. I am so excited for you to hear today's episode. Let's dive in. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another week of the Recover Your Life podcast. We are officially into December, which we love, and we're hoping that you are ready to spread some holiday cheer the first time our guest Trey and I connected. I was so excited because <laughs> we were the cool people that had our Christmas trees up in November. So we we get the prize. Today, we're talking all about trauma-informed discipleship, and I'm so glad to have this conversation with Trey Gross. Welcome to the show, Trey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Bridget. I am. I'm so grateful. Our mutual friend, Wanda Walborn, who was on our podcast several weeks ago talking about grief, I asked her, I was like, who are the men that you know that are just crushing this whole concept of emotional health? Like, who are they? And can you send them the way? Because we need more men on the podcast um, in the recovery like community because we talk about this all the time here is that it is a community of men and women who are mm -hmm. building an online space that also transforms our in-person life where mm -hmm. we are people who grieve well, who rest well, who love well. Who care? Who carry the nature of God, and who live mm -hmm. really fun, wild adventure lives? And so, mm -hmm. your name was on the top of the list. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> I, I get that. I get that. Well, for our friends that are new to your voice, would you just go ahead and share a little bit about a snapshot of your story, mm -hmm. and um, what has been mattering to you lately? What's been What's been on your heart? What's taken up your time? Okay. Um. <clears throat> the well, uh, definitely, uh, my story is one where in my childhood I have had to traverse through lots of trauma. Yeah. Whether you know you have your acute trauma that mm -hmm. is like your one-time events, you have your chronic trauma that is over a duration of time, and then you have the complex ones yeah. where you're interchanging with those folks that may be a participant of uh, you have relationships with the people that have caused trauma to you. Uh, and so I describe my story as the tension of two worlds, mm -hmm. uh, being a kid raised in church, yeah. uh, cause of my grandmother, but also living in the inner city, mm -hmm. which has its own tumultuous lifestyles. Uh, yeah. I, I early childhood things I remember 
to without having to go into like so many details. Yeah. But we did prison ministry, and a part of that was also at times me going to prison to go visit my mother. Mm-hmm. And so just those worlds colliding. Yeah. Um, Jesus is real, but my pain is also real. Mm-hmm. And um, and so just this journey of healing has been the same as the journey to eternity, one day at a time. Mm -hmm. And so now, you know, now I'm in ministry and then also now doing counseling and now doing all of these things at what I found in my life uh, out of the trauma was purpose on the healing side of it. And which kind of brings me to what really matters to me whatever sphere I'm going into is uh, to see people whole mm-hmm. and to see people, you know, as the scripture says, the Lord wish above all things that we would prosper and be in good health. Mm-hmm. The caveat is that the soul prospers. Mm-hmm. And so how do, how do we dismiss stereotypes of what a healthy soul, what society says yeah. and actually begin the journey to eternity. Mm-hmm. And so that's, so that's, time. That's so amazing. Um, who, like, who were the people kind of in the beginning? I, know, I mean, I would assume, right, that there was this shift from mm. like a cultural Christianity to mm. a place of like, I love what you said, like my pain is real and Jesus mm. is real. Mm-hmm. Like, what did that transition look like for you in the story of maybe there's something actually more here for my soul to prosper that I need to dig into? Yeah, um, that's a good question. The, of course, at the top of the list, right, the irony, I guess this is why she can speak to it. Uh, a person that was instrumental was Wanda Wolba. Yeah. Uh, I, considering the, considering my alma mater of Nye College, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people have had different stories. Yeah. What my time there provided for me was a chance to become something I didn't have a framework for. Mm-hmm. Uh Again, the cultural Christianity that I knew, it wasn't that it wasn't have its truths or real, but there was a Jesus that I did not know wanted to meet me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to stress that I didn't have a framework for. Yeah. And so it would it 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 was breaking down cultural barriers, racial barriers, mm-hmm. stereotypes, um, amidst all of the processing all of the trauma or mm-hmm. really I didn't even start processing it at all. It just, yeah. it was pretending it was traversing through it in whatever mm-hmm. way I thought I knew how. And, uh, where the wounding I had experienced, um, in home and family and, and, and in church, uh, amongst men and women, the Lord would begin to first, it was first some of my professors and specifically Wanda and Ron, that the Lord would begin to knock on the door of my heart mm. and um, ask me to make space or mm-hmm. allow him into a space rather. Wow. I love that. I think that's just a delicate part of this process is I, f- I feel like in my own journey and I've processed this a lot with our listeners on the podcast of having my college years be really formative of what I felt was a really great integration of spirituality and emotional health Um, and then being put into church leadership in a city context Mm -hmm. that 
their paradigm for these two things was really unsafe. And so hearing, like I kind of came in, you know, just the super innocent young pastor Mm -hmm. of we're going to talk about the prophetic and we're going to talk about miracles and it's Mm -hmm. the best thing Mm -hmm. ever. Didn't you know it's the best thing ever? And then people were like super triggered. And I was like, I'm so confused. Like this is the best news ever. I'm, I do not know what I'm missing here. And I started to hear stories of people that had attended, um, other churches or religious groups where they're like, oh, people are telling me that the reason my child died was because I didn't have enough faith. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'd hate God too. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I would mm-hmm. hate God too. If, mm-hmm. if this is mm-hmm. what the people that I have, you know, the pastors and leaders that I've said, these are the people that are in touch with God, right? What kind of mm-hmm. the cultural context that we say. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. telling me the reason these catastrophic things are happening to me are my fault. I would not trust this thing either. And so it kind of began this, what does it look like for me as a church leader to hold space for both to say, this is, this is true, right? The reality of the kingdom of God that is mysterious and miraculous is true. And right now in, on earth, I live in a really broken system that is so painful and that exists in my own life story, but that also exists, right? Because we're all showing up with our triggers and trauma when we show up to church that Mm -hmm. I'm also in a system that's intended for good that can also Mm -hmm. have brokenness part of it. Yeah. And so this whole idea of discipleship, you know, is this, maybe people have heard that term before is this, you come into a relationship with Jesus and then you're learning and growing through scriptures, through mentorship, through, you know, community at church, that you're becoming more like him. Your character is becoming more like yeah. God. But so often in that conversation, it means my humanity gets left behind. Yeah. And I feel so sad about that because we've missed the whole point of the gospel because the crazy thing about our God is that he actually came to embody humanity, right? That's the thing that's different. It wasn't this, let's escape our humanity to reach this divine function. It's a, what does it look like for us to be fully present in our humanity, to live with God's self and others in a way that's empowering? And so, yeah, what, like, how, how has that impacted you? You know, I mean, we're, we're already in the, in the nitty and the gritty of this. Yeah. So I'll, I'll lean on to you to, to curtail our count because this is like Great. something I feel like our worlds talk about so much. Yeah. And so I'm like, even as you're talking, I'm getting excited because I'm like, right. I'm like, right. Um, how do I say this uh, while this is necessarily, this is like off the dome, like devotion time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I find it one amazing to be able to articulate it, you know, that fully God, fully man. Mm-hmm. In that same through line of conversation, I'm going to throw this out there. That is a, not necessarily prescription, mm-hmm. but what I find in the life of Jesus is he's a good example of a trauma survivor. Wow, absolutely. Right. When we, uh, 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 you know, all of the theological conversations, good sermon notes, but there is something in the story of Thomas's interaction with Jesus mm-hmm. that if I bring this into a room with a DSM-5, this would quantify uh, several layers of trauma. Yeah. Out of all of the glory, out of all of the... I mean, the, the, the story of 
the crucifixion is an amazing one. It's it, it's mm-hmm. it's what grafts us in. It gives us the chance for eternal life. Mm-hmm. And while there are amazing things in the story, what we do see in the interaction between Thomas and Jesus is a chance for Thomas to see something about Jesus mm-hmm. that not everybody's going to get a chance to see. Yeah. And for the sake of this conversation, Jesus still has the scars of the trauma of the cross. Yeah. And he lives with, Thomas says, if you are, because I I know your story, I know what you've experienced, I understand all these good things, Mm -hmm. but because Thomas also is a human being, Mm -hmm. let me touch the place where you were broken at. Is there there a place where I can identify where there's some form of reference point for the reality of also my story. Mm-hmm. And Thomas being a human being is also then able to place his hands where the one whom we know and love mm-hmm. is surviving a trauma. Yeah. Again, that, that has changed the world, mm-hmm. but it didn't make it any less traumatic. Yeah. He lives with the scars of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. um, that's kind of just what... We skip over that thing. part. Yeah. We skip over. It's really hard, yeah. right? I, I love, there's an author, her name is KJ Ramsey. And um, she, you know, I'm reading one of her books right now. And she talks about like, we don't know what to do with the fact that Jesus had such anxiety that he literally was sweating blood. Listen. Right? <laughs> right. Like, we don't know what to do with that because mm-hmm. we don't know how to hold a God who is so like us and yet so beyond us at the same mm-hmm. time. Our brains, mm-hmm. I, my brain doesn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I want to be with people whom I can identify with. Mm-hmm. And so for the point of our conversation today, I want to have space for us that are sitting in the congregation of churches. Mm-hmm. But I also want to kind of open the door for those that are listening that are in leadership positions at churches, what can we do in our own stories and with our people to be willing to risk to have these conversations that feel really scary to have because they break this. Once you get saved, your whole life is perfect. Like God changes everything. Right. The old is gone. The new is here. Mm-hmm. You don't because mm-hmm. that's a huge let's oh, maybe maybe that's another question. Trey, this is fun. <laughs> this is fun. Right. Because people say that to me, too, of, well, you know, it is unholy of you or you're not actually trusting the finished work of the cross. If you're looking back at your trauma because you're new now, that's not who you are. What do we what do we say to that? Hey, uh in efforts, in efforts for where for where this recording is going to go, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would, I would give somebody a, a holy shut up. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it is, it is, it is so re-traumatizing. Yeah. How we, for lack of, I don't even know if this is a word, carnalize. Yeah. God. Mm-hmm. There is a religiosity sometimes mm-hmm. in our in our leadership because we can't handle messy. Mm-hmm. 
just as I mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is here to give hope with holes in himself. Yeah. The perfect example of the wounded healer. And what we often do in religious circles is because we don't want everyone to be on pins and needles and because it's not socially accepted and because we promote rather more of a Western gospel than the gospel of the scriptures, we, we essentially lie and we have to stop lying. I, I would even dare to say what is, what exemplifies the power of the gospel is when we see the bomb of Gilead, Mm. who is also broken like me. Mm -hmm. Like this is what makes the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. is this is the reality of where I am. This this does not undo what he has done. He is an eternity speaking into my today. And he is able to use the fractured, what was broken glass Mm -hmm. in his hands is a mosaic. But it doesn't make it any less broken glass. Mm-hmm. That 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 again, you are. It's it, it's that tension, and we we we've done a disservice to to believers, to laity as well as to leadership, yeah. because we want a gospel without tension, and mm-hmm. that's just not Jesus. Mm-hmm. That 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 what makes the gospel so powerful is the tension. I mean, yeah. and yes, we're talking about trauma, but even we're talking about sin, right? He, the, Paul's, the, well, the very thing I should do, I don't do. The thing yeah. I have no business doing, right? There's there's tension all in the scriptures and the tension doesn't make heaven uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The tension makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. The proclivity of my human experience makes me uncomfortable because what we have relegated in our our society is that if people don't live to whatever paradox of perfection that I was shown Mm -hmm. on TV or in my mind or in my home, well, then they're bad. Yeah. That's not God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, That's not the framework. I mean... If we use another famous voice, right, Paul, he's whatever this experience is, this thorn in his flesh is relegated to be a messenger of Satan that does come to buffet him. Mm-hmm. That makes him feel broken, if we translate the, the text yeah. correctly. That makes him feel inadequate mm-hmm. because of this experience, maybe even perhaps, now this is not a uh, prescription. This is more description. Yeah. Maybe it's a chronic experience because it, it keeps happening. Yep. Wow. It doesn't leave his life. Mm-hmm. The Lord is not afraid mm-hmm. of this chronic experiences that doesn't leave Paul's life. What the father does is speak an eternal truth. Yeah. I understand where you do not feel enough. And mm-hmm. this is real. And this is reality. This is real. Mm-hmm. And I am also real. My grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's 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 the, the ground that we have to kind of stand on mm-hmm. when we start these conversations and begin to take faith from the shallow Sunday morning experience into real discipleship. Yeah. This is what it looks like to walk with Jesus. Mm. The, the foxes have holes, the birds uh, uh, have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it, but what we want is a hallmark Christianity. Yep. <laughs> and that's just not the gospel. Mm-hmm. 
Which even it's funny that you said Hallmark because I love a good Hallmark movie, but also yes. <laughs> one of one of the things that's really painful for my experience as a woman watching those movies is typically mm -hmm. you have some sort of script that's this powerful, high achieving woman who's in relationship with this powerful, high achieving man, and mm -hmm. he treats her like trash, and she goes to a small town and meets this you know wonderful man of character and kindness mm -hmm. and whatever, yeah. whatever, and then she ends her engagement with the businessman and marries the farmer and they live happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And that's all sweet because you've, that's what you can fit in two hours. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a little dissociation like that is mm -hmm. okay once in a while. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I always leave the sadness of like, Hey, if she's willing to participate in that type of relationship and there's no healing before she goes into the next one with the good man who loves her, we're going to have, we're going to have some problems when this movie's over. And I'm like, okay, just pay attention to the love story. I'm like, I know, but like, that's part of this that we don't talk about. And so I'm even just thinking about the hallmark of the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. Is the like, Hey, you were willing. This is uh, one thing. This is like, I have fear saying this because I have fear saying this, that people are going to hear a self-help message. That's not mm -hmm. what I want to communicate. And mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. at the same point, I'm really convinced um, that we're willing to sin when our nervous system is dysregulated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we are in safety, we are mm -hmm. not people who are willing to violate love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't negate the need for a savior, right? Even the scripture that you talked about earlier in, I think it's Romans seven, where it's like, I do mm -hmm. what I don't want to do. I keep, mm -hmm. you know, I keep, I, mm -hmm. I want to do blah, blah, blah. I love it in, in, um, the passion translation of that passage, it says, so basically if I keep doing what I don't want to do, I have to understand that it's the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am Yeah, yeah. and switching it from you are evil, sinful, broken. That's your true identity, but God like escapes you out of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. compared to the gospel. That is a, you are beautiful, whole and sanctified. And we live in a broken system that has kind of wiped that out from under you. Yeah. But Jesus wants to, to reconcile to that place. Changes yeah. the game. Changes the game in trauma. Changes the game in repetitive addictive cycles. Yes. Because if our whole framework is I'm evil, sinful, yucky, bad, of course, right? Ooh, like the super pain of I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Actually, I'm not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Actually, I'm mm -hmm. not. I am mm. a child of God who lives mm. in alignment with love. And yeah. if I'm noticing that I am willing, I just love that phrase. That's a super, I use all the phrase. Yes. All, I use that phrase all the time. I, Go for it. No, uh, as soon as you said that, I, I just coming from a hyper-religious legalistic background, mm -hmm. I had to dismantle a lot of thought processes yeah. and a lot of like, definitions and foundations and this I found helpful from a mentor mm -hmm. that really shifted I mean it shifted my counseling later on it shifted yeah. how I how I ministered to spiritual formation how I cared for people mm -hmm. sin is often and I would even say always the actions that lead people to sins are folks trying to get their needs yeah. met Mm -hmm. um, illegitimately. Mm -hmm. That sin is often the product of a legitimate need being yep. met illegitimately. Mm -hmm. 
And when you, I mean, whatever the name is, if mm -hmm. you if you begin to dig long enough, you're like, oh, wow, someone is out here. This is really what you're looking for. Yeah. And what Satan is offering in the moment with whatever lie is this will satisfy you. Mm -hmm. And often it never does. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what makes the catharsis cycle the cycle. You know, it's like, boom, we're here. Cycle, sin, confess, repent, you know, and you're just in this in this cycle because um, at the root, you haven't identified the legitimate need. Yeah. We know how you're illegitimately meeting it, but you haven't identified the legitimate need yeah. to then bring your heart and soul into alignment. Mm -hmm. And if we're being honest, it's so much easier to treat discipleship as a list of like, this is what you're allowed to do and this is what you're not allowed to do in order to be a Christian. It would make life real. I love a good rule list. I love them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. so annoyed <laughs> that the deeper I get into friendship with Jesus, the less rules. Yes. He has. <laughs> it's so annoying to me. I'm like, Lord, okay, like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And it's, I just was, you know, processing with my counselor recently. And she was like, wow, it just sounds like you have a lot of rules that the Lord never, like the Lord never put those boundaries for you. Mm -hmm. Um, which doesn't mean, I think, you know, I even feel some fear of like, oh my gosh, if I tell people they can trust themselves, if I tell people that if they can identify their needs, like, does that mean they're going to just keep doing bad things? Right. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, does that mean mm -hmm. they're just going to use that? Mm -hmm. And then we see that in scripture too. Like, Hey, like you, like, it is for freedom that you've been set free, but don't use that freedom as a yeah. license to keep doing the yucky stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I also think that when you're in, when you're in a healthy community, whether that's in a church context with a family context, like I don't, I don't like to violate connection, right? None of us mm -hmm. do. Like that's what that conviction mm -hmm. is, is the like, mm -hmm. Ooh, I know that when I lie like this, I know that when I participate in this experience, mm -hmm. it actually mm -hmm. breaks connection with the people that I love. And so that's mm -hmm. why there's this like, yucky i don't like that i'm like ooh, mm -hmm. yuck um so let's talk a little bit about that way like what would it look like you know i think about a lot of churches typically have some sort of like uh growth track or discipleship track that's like hey you know you just accepted jesus you're ready to get baptized take this four-week course and it mm -hmm. is great it has really great foundational theological principles that are like mm -hmm. this is what the christian faith is about i think that's great but what mm -hmm. we're kind of talking about is when we miss some of the natural as a per be on, let me back up. I'm getting too excited. One of the things I think we miss mm -hmm. is when you give your life to Jesus, you have yeah. to grieve the life that you had before it because it's still a death of something. Yes. I think about, yes. you know, you know, people in, in my family that have come to faith later in life that their children have had to grieve. Oh, my dad's not the same dad anymore. And we mm -hmm. used to participate in going out and getting drunk together, but dad mm -hmm. doesn't do that anymore. And I'm sad about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And the typical church response is, is like, well, that was terrible that you were going out getting drunk. And it's like, okay, but it was connection. It, he had connection with his dad, right? It was a legitimate need for connection that was being met in an unhealthy way. Yeah. So how do we start to incorporate those types of conversations with people of, yeah, there is a loss. There's a wonderful gain, right? There's a wonderful gain that we get in a life with Jesus, but there's also so much of a loss of we're not doing it like we used to do in the ways that were leading us to unhealthy patterns. 
processing the loss losses of life. Um, so to specifically answer the question is, I think if leaders saw that helping people processes process their losses was a pathway mm-hmm. to make them intimate with Jesus, yep. we would not get so uptight about trying to control the conversation of the loss. Yep. Ooh. That in order for me to really be deeply, again, the Lord is not afraid of anything that's true about my experience mm-hmm. or that I may think is true about me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I want to say that again, he is so not afraid of yeah. anything that was true about my experience or that I might think. Because again, this is the sovereign one at eternity. He knows me before the foundations of the world. Mm-hmm. He knows where I might, where the ticks are, where I, whatever lie I believed. Mm-hmm. He knows why I believed it. He knows where I came into agreement at, mm-hmm. where the soothing texture of whatever was trying to convince me. And it doesn't put him in a bunch. Mm-hmm. It puts my social world that is also going through its own conundrum in a bunch, but it doesn't put the father in a bunch. So the the conversation has to start off. Now I'm going to scratch what I just said with creating a paradigm of who God is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That he is not afraid of me. Mm. He, he, he is well acquainted with me. Mm-hmm. He know like we talk about him knowing us and we, I don't know, whatever philosophical concoction we think that is, mm-hmm. but he actually knows. Mm-hmm. He knows me better than I know myself. Mm-hmm. He, he knows my beginning and my end. Yeah. He's, he's not in a rush. He's not uptight. And and actually, when I when I used to, I used to have a horrible paradox of the fear of the Lord, mm-hmm. um, and as the concept of the fear of the Lord changed in my life, I was able to see the Father deeply, mm-hmm. uh, and this is just just for the nature of this conversation, right? I have to when I used to teach about the story of the prodigal son, I had to ask myself who was the real prodigal. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because it's easy to point out the son that lived riotously. Mm-hmm. And where I believe a lot of leaders often fall in our presentation of how we talk about God is mm-hmm. the elder son. Mm-hmm. That we are in the house and still are not in deep connection with our father. Yeah, Like I, I think about, I mean, one day this broke my world because I've, I saw myself in the text when the father in the parable turned to the elder son, you've always been with me. But the son couldn't realize it. Yeah. Everything I have is yours, but yet you don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Because of religiosity and legalism, it really is a bondage that breaks us from being intimate with heaven. Mm-hmm. And as we begin to acknowledge that and dis- talk about dismantling the enemy, dismantling that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be a little scary. It's going to be a little messy. Because what happens is when you begin to dismantle things, people are trying to find their footing. The pendulums will swing. Mm-hmm. That's all a part of it. But again, we are talking about the one who is at eternity. Jesus has not been nervous in over 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. He's not getting nervous today. Mm-hmm. 
he can handle it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's quite, he is proven, yeah. even as a trauma survivor, to being capable of handling it. Yeah. Mm. So that's kind of how that. Yep. Oh, I don't, I just want to be honest and say, I don't like that it's so messy. <laughs> it, I, I don't. <laughs> because it, 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 you know what? What I find is, Okay, and I, I thank you, Holy Spirit, because I actually this was this is a good this is really how I close the loop on a lot of yeah the grace extending the grace mm-hmm. the messy part does make sticky churches, mm-hmm. but I believe that's when we're at the precipice of encountering God's kingdom. Yeah. Now, as a leader, what avoids me from being religious mm-hmm. is the sobriety of my own self awareness. And I'll say this in another Mm -hmm. words is I find the grace to extend to someone I believe doesn't deserve it when I have revelations of the grace I know I need right now. Mm -hmm. When we think of Lamentations 3 and 22, you know, it's of the Lord's mercies. We're not consumed. Mm -hmm. His, uh, you know, uh, uh, his compassion fails not. It's new every morning. Greatest of faithfulness. When I repeat that over and over and over to myself, I, what I'm really realizing is I'm so glad that you did not let pride of whatever pious view of myself, because mm-hmm. that's what aids the religiosity. It's, it's, yeah. it's the lack of awareness. I have this pious view of myself. I have achieved this idea. And, and, and even in that, that's a need. It's because I believe that I'm not good enough to be to be a wounded healer. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough to be like Jesus and have yeah. a scar. Um, that as I really digest the well of grace I know I need, it it flows from me easily. I'm able to extend it to my brother or sister, even when they don't know it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think I want to just kind of demystify. I love mystery, but I also want to demystify for our conversation the idea of extending people grace, what that actually mm. means. Right. Because a lot of this, this whole self-awareness piece is Mm -hmm. me learning to identify what do I need. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, as humans, we need connection, touch, affirmation, Mm -hmm. right? Like belief, creative, like we need these concepts that show up in a thousand different ways Mm -hmm. in our life. Right. So that's not going to mean that if someone, right, let's, maybe let's kind of move our conversation because when we're having a painful exchange with someone, right, it can be something that we intentionally said or did that caused the break in connection, Mm -hmm. or it can be something that was unintentional, right? Mm -hmm. We said something, they heard something differently, Um, or, you know, our cultural context communicating like this was actually really safe, but based on someone else's cultural context or trauma history, their bodies can experience that very differently. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how do we navigate those things? Right. When we, when we have a painful, um, when we have a painful experience with someone, right. Because I think people have abused, and I, that's not what I'm hearing you saying. I just want to mm-hmm. make sure I clarify mm-hmm. it. I people mm-hmm. people have abused that of like, oh, this person I actually experience a ton of pain with, but me mm-hmm. as a Christ follower, I have to keep ignoring that in the mm-hmm. name of grace. 
Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. So restoration does not mean reconciliation. Mm -hmm. That's the one. And two, um, forgiveness mm -hmm. does not mean reconciliation. Mm -hmm. I, I know they might have often been packaged together, mm -hmm. but they're not directly succinct. They're, they're, mm -hmm. One doesn't connote the other. Yeah. Um, when I when I have a painful experience with someone and I need to forgive them, mm -hmm. and, and again, I find the strength to forgive them by reconsidering the debt I believe they owe yeah. me. Mm -hmm. That does not mean um, if someone has, again, someone has not uh, a TPT, right? When I'm doing prayer ministry, I'm going to test, pray, test. Well, likewise mm -hmm. in relationships or when community has been broken, when you're coming from pseudo community mm -hmm. into a true one, you sometimes you got to test, mm -hmm. you got to pray, you got to mm -hmm. test. And, and that doesn't always mean reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Again, I try not to live with rules because rules try to control someone else. Yep. Boundaries elevate the level of our communication and it controls my behavior. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't do things like, well, you can't talk to me like that. Mm. I will not allow myself to be spoken to that way. Yes. And so you can continue to speak the way you want to speak. I'm just going to leave this conversation. Yeah, that's good. Because I'm, cause I'm not going to allow myself. And so uh, the grace that I'm making reference to in, in that talk when pain has happened um, is not one of reconciliation. It's an mm -hmm. internal disposition of a positive regard. Mm -hmm. And this is sticky. I more so would say this probably to a, on a leadership piece mm -hmm. is, is when someone has pained me, mm -hmm. when I'm making reference of grace, is how I regard them in my soul and spirit is knowing that this is a product of brokenness and I am also broken. Mm -hmm. that while and, and and I have to and this is just something I have to quickly do it, yeah. because it keeps my heart light someone has hurt me mm -hmm. I'm not going to allow myself to be that's you know this that, that creates an IPV relationship you know before you realize mm -hmm. you know in a domestic violence narrative um, I'm not going to allow myself to submit to this kind of brokenness yeah. but I sober up because I don't want to lean into I'm better than them. Mm -hmm. When I'm talking about grace, it's how I think about brokenness. Yeah. I've also hurt some people as well. Yeah. And it's and it breaks God's heart in both narratives. Yeah. That's I love what you just said of we hurt people too. Mm -hmm. Right? It's uh, it's really easy in the mental health space to always talk about right, we're we're all, typically in a counseling setting, right? We're talking about our own mm -hmm. story. So we're addressing mm -hmm. the pain that mm -hmm. other people have participated in. But when we're honest, mm -hmm. we like we have participated in dynamics that have hurt people that we love too. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like for us to be healthy men and women who can engage those types of conversations with grace? When someone comes to us, whether that's a spouse, a friend, uh, a boss, a pastor, and someone says, Hey, Bridget, Hey, Trey, we had this conversation last week, or you were, you said it in this podcast, or I texted you, or I'm thinking about this time 15 years ago that this mm -hmm. was our experience. And I'm mm -hmm. actually really angry, or maybe, it, maybe like that would be the best situation is they're actually going to 
calmly communicate the emotion. Mm-hmm. But they're coming mm-hmm. and they're like, you're a bleep and bleep and I mm-hmm. hate you and mm-hmm. you're terrible mm-hmm. and you're like all the other pastors. You're like all the other women I've ever heard. You're like all the other men I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. What do mm-hmm. we do when we're met with that sort of resistance from someone communicating pain, either in a healthy way or in an unhealthy way that we we may represent or, or have participated in? It's the, the key there for me is knowing what we've participated in. Like if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's actually not you, then we're talking about them being triggered by you. But mm-hmm. if it's your stuff, mm-hmm. well, the first thing is, and, and there is breakthrough in owning something. Yep. A lot of time there is, what aids unforgiveness is, is the feeling that someone owes you something. Mm-hmm. And so in this moment, there is even what makes trauma trauma is someone has felt unsafe by an experience and feels powerless. Yeah. And that exchange quickly. And, and again, and I, and, and I can't express or how quickly quickly creating the space. If you are conscious of where your participation was and owning mm-hmm. it yeah. before we even get to like trying to make it feel better and fill it up, owning it, already breaks down because a lot of times in those narratives people are coming in and mm-hmm. each narrative is maybe different you know they're similar but not all of them. they're not the same they're coming in already prepared often for you not to be able to acknowledge the place yeah. of wound the place of pain mm-hmm. and what owning it does what taking ownership over your participation in an exchange does is it breaks this kind of shield mm-hmm. where I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. It's not in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy. Yeah. My pain was, it actually becomes a point to validate the pain. Correct. My pain is real. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, I just will start there. Just. Yeah. Because even, I think this is the, this is the part where it gets really tricky I think personally and then in a religious context, we'll just take personally for a second, mm-hmm. is when that wasn't our intention, we mm-hmm. really want to justify, well, what I really mm-hmm. meant was this mm-hmm. instead of just being like, so let's make up a situation that we can kind of use as an example. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say you call me and I don't answer your phone call. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, mm-hmm maybe just the way that our stories interact, you go, okay, Bridget was probably in a meeting. She'll call me back when she can. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe before I've intentionally avoided your phone calls lots of times. Mm-hmm. And so you go, Oh, here she is again. She's broken our connection. She's not answering the phone. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lit. So then I've participated in that dynamic in some mm-hmm. part. And then maybe, right. I've never not answered the phone for you before. Mm-hmm. But there's been other people in your life that you value that have pushed you out by not mm-hmm. answering your call. And so your nervous system is responding to that outside experience. So when you come to me and you go, hey, I'm really angry that you didn't answer earlier. And I go, oh, my gosh, totally understand that. That must have been really painful for you. What do you need? Mm-hmm. Right? It, it changes the script that way. But there is this, like if we're being honest – when, when any time someone that we care about presents pain to us mm-hmm. that they experience from our interaction, 
there is a little bit of a, ooh, like, am I going to be safe? Right? Because that's what, that's what we're all asking. We're all living with this question, like, are you safe for me? Mm-hmm. And so when we try to have these types of conversations, there is a little bit of this. But I would just would love to kind of hear your your thoughts on the disconnect that we so often hear in personal relationships. But I also think about in church settings, it's like, well, I was just teaching scripture, right? If they're offended by this, this is what, well, don't we, don't, oh, here's the religious thing, right? Don't take it with me. You better take that up with God. If it's not my, not, I didn't say it, God said it. So then you have people who are really wounded by the Mm -hmm. way something was communicated and they go present that to a faith. I mean, I had those experiences and maybe Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that in a second, but like, Hey, pastor, so-and-so, when you communicated like this, it actually was really painful for me. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. What? How how do we navigate that? How do we navigate that? How do we navigate that as a leader? And how do we navigate that as the person that's attending the religious service that is, you know, looking up to the church leadership? What I come into church settings now with... uh, and these are like before they became discipleship principles. Mm-hmm. There is a I'll give you like the the psychology behind them is is, is how we cultivate leaders to be like trauma informed. Because right yeah. now everybody that's alive, mm-hmm. at least since twenty twenty, right, has spent has experienced a world. Mm-hmm. So just in case if we were wondering who's a part of the 90% of people that actually, you know, depend on some yeah. stats that actually have lived with trauma right now, we can, if you are alive and yeah. older than the age of two or mm-hmm. three, you have experienced trauma. Yeah. Um, wow. And what trauma informed principles tell us is how to navigate with the experience that people might've experienced some form of extreme stress exposure to something mm-hmm. where they felt like their life was threatened. Yep. And at the top of those principles mm-hmm. is safety. Mm-hmm. And uh, safety is almost the 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 antithesis to trauma. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's 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 like it's opposite. Trauma, I feel completely mm-hmm. unsafe. Um, and so, it's important for us as believers. The person that is that is experiencing the wounding, not the leader, there's a little bit of a caveat there mm-hmm. because sometimes we have to undergo seasons of rewiring the way we think. Mm-hmm. But as the communicator, if I'm if I'm conscious that there is uh, places of trauma in my church, people that have experienced large amounts of it. I actually, I had a situation like this relatively recently, and. That's why I'll say some things practically when I'm speaking. This is a description. Mm -hmm. This is my experience. This may not be a prescription. Mm -hmm. Um, Because just making that distinguish is it gives language. There are nuances. There are Mm -hmm. caveats. There are different. This is not a rule of thumb. And so you have you have safety. And this is about people feeling, experiencing the psychological safety in an environment. Mm -hmm. It's necessary. It's important. Mm -hmm. Um, At how you articulate, Jesus is full of truth, not absence of being full of grace. He's not full of this concept of 
of unconditional positive regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I use grace in this in this conversation without truth. Mm-hmm. But he couples this unconditional positive regard and truth together. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes from a leader point of view, we are more we feel like we are going to lose something mm. if we don't maintain this unconditional positive regard. Mm. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because we're afraid. I mean, I I just attended a really big next generation leadership conference and I said mm. it was the best leadership conference I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And there was this Q&A time where leaders got to come ask questions and they were like, mm-hmm. hey, how do we navigate this hot topic conversation in our churches? Mm-hmm. It's tearing our church apart because it's like, no, I don't want to, I'm not, I have this weird thing where I feel like it's my job to defend theology of like, people need to know that this behavior is wrong. Mm-hmm. But then in uh, being afraid of getting in trouble with the elders or the head pastor, whoever it is, it's like I've actually um, – I'm going to say abused my relationships with people that are really living these stories because I've been so conditioned to protect the institution of the church over actually regarding people's experience as a shepherd. And then leaders are destroyed inside. They're like, I don't know how to live both because that's so – like a split dissociative experience because it's like, hey, in order for me to have community and connection with the people that hire me, I must mm-hmm. say this. In order to protect connection with people that I'm walking with, I feel like I have to turn my back on them. And, and, and it's just, you know, that's that hard experience. It's like, no, I'm not saying that I agree mm-hmm. with these sorts of behaviors. That's not what I'm saying. But also, I don't know how to show up as a leader where I say, hey, I honor you and I honor your story. And I'm here to walk with you through a season mm-hmm. of pain. And that might get interpreted, right? That might get interpreted as um, allowance. Mm-hmm. But I actually think it's connection, right? It's that it's the whole thing of Jesus yeah. is not offended. Um, yes. And he's doesn't – I mean, I, I, I've always used to say this. I was like – it's not our job to defend God. It Come on. But come we've on. been so indoctrinated that our job to evangelize or to spread the gospel means I must defend God at all costs. Mm-hmm. And when we try to take that perspective, we end up super offending people, mm-hmm. which is very different than to say, hey, I'm, I want to live in loving connection with you. This is what I experienced to be the truth of the word of God. I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. And also, you don't have to agree with me. Right. 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 That then I had a really beautiful story several years ago where a person came to me and they're like, I don't even know if I believe in God. I don't even know if I like the church. I kind of hate all of this, but you're the only person that feels safe to me. And I don't know. And I'm like, cool, great. And met with them for several months and literally just kind of had this conversation and like being able to have connections and conversations of like, I don't really like this. I don't really like the Bible says this. I don't really like that your church does it this way. I don't really, I'm like, okay, great. Like, awesome. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't need you to like, I'd love for you to be friends with Jesus. I think he's incredible, but you don't have to be Mm -hmm. if you don't want to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the Lord met them in their car one day and they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to give my life to him. And I 
felt that as a leader. I felt that as a like, oh, quick defend, give the give the right scripture passage, like tell them that they're wrong for believing. And I'm like, ooh, I had to really just like sit back and be like, that's not your job. God's a big boy. He can take care of himself. Like right? I, right. he doesn't, he does not, he does not need me to reveal his fullness. Like I, I, I create friendship and friendship is what creates space for God to show up in power. Yes. Yes. I, so to, to two things that one, I mean, um, now I just, this is my personal thing. This is where I have my growth is necessary. Yeah. I mean, upsetting leadership is, is what I, you know, I'm like, now, now we're living like Jesus. This make them upset. Um, because a lot of times it's, it's, it's about breaking, uh, religious ideologies mm -hmm. and bring it to the second thing. It's like, I love the fact that you were like, okay, if you don't want this, it's like, I have a personal theological belief. Correct. God drew me. I did not save myself. I could not save myself. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't have a framework for this. Mm -hmm. And so the more that I paid, now this is also, and this is kind of like how I believe in the redemption of the work of the Holy Spirit, just alive in our world and the mm -hmm. prophetic and stuff like that. The Lord knows how to superintend his harvest. Yeah. He knows how to superintend the seed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I rest in that. Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, he first drew me. He's drawing me even now. Yeah. And upon his return, he will make me like him. Mm. But, when, but when I don't believe that, mm -hmm. I'm angst about about everything, about anything. I'm going to lose something. I'm going to, I'm going to. And so I personally don't ascribe to some of those theological positions that create that high anxiety mm -hmm. that even, and what I still believe in the imminence of the gospel yep. and the return and all of that good stuff. Absolutely. But, but it comes from the place of already being secured mm -hmm. in who he is. Um, that I'm only drawn because of him. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I just believe that as you create spaces for the Holy Spirit in your own life to work mm -hmm. on, because what happens when, when, you, when you're doing in the healing business, mm -hmm. what people experience is the intimacy that you have yeah. with heaven in the journey of your life mm -hmm. and how they're like, oh, wow, you're, you're not so stressed. Oh wow, you're not so angst. And sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like I am angst, but I guess I guess they're experiencing some supernatural peace. Because mm -hmm. I'm but I'm but again, this is a life that you're living with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it creates spaces like that for people to encounter the Lord in a car. Yeah. And 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 yeah, I just mm -hmm. if we can make elevate those that kind of thinking. Because that's when I really believe we start living like the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. where the loss, right? Mm -hmm. We want the loss to know him. Then let us walk like we know him. And, and mm -hmm. what I mean by that knowing is allowing Jesus to be present in that part of you, right? That mm -hmm. Processing pain and journeying with anxiety and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the gospel. That, that's Jesus. Yeah. And people want to know if he's real, not some euphoric picture you painted in your mind mm -hmm. to, you know, it all goes away. No, 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 no. Because that's not the average person's story anyway. Yeah. Not not the 90% of people that have experienced acute, 
chronic or complex trauma in their lives. Yeah. They want to know, like like Thomas, mm-hmm. can I touch him? Yeah. Can I feel him? Mm-hmm. Is Can he still be God no matter how complex my narrative is? Yeah. Can he still be the Lord of all? Mm-hmm. It, it, is he going to be done with me when I can't seem to get my footsteps together? Mm-hmm. Is, is, is he still concerned about me even though my theological disposition is maybe a little off right now? Mm-hmm. And, and, and when we create spaces for a Jesus that is madly in love with you yeah. and he will bulldoze every wall down, knowing who you are while holding the tension mm-hmm. of who he has called you to be, mm-hmm. not in a rush to get you there, all yeah. of a sudden these gaping gaps are closing. Yeah. I think, and I think that's how as leaders we close the gap. Yeah. We close the gap mm-hmm. by walking in the, and we say this love of Jesus as if it is a passive thing. Mm. And so churches, you know, the whole thing on, well, I, you know, if I'm talking about love, what, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. This concept of love is equally as harmonious and soft as as much it is, is, is it a bulldoze down a brick wall to come get you. And so expanding, allowing time with God to expand our mind and how we think about him would change it how we think about creation. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of my greatest conversations are with atheists. Mm-hmm. One, I, I, you know, sometimes I tell people, if, if you're looking for the whole like evangelistic team, maybe I'm not your greatest person. Because <laughs> I don't lose no sleep. I, yeah. I, I kid you not. Out yeah. of, if someone wants to, um, you know, if they don't want the Lord, if, it's fine. I just want to yeah. talk. Yeah. I just want to talk because he's going to do everything else. Yeah. He's been doing it this whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. So good. Well, as we wrap up our conversation today, I'm thinking of one thing. And then if you are open to it, I'd love for you to pray for listeners. Okay. Um, the one thing I'm thinking about is kind of leaving this conversation. Um, one prayer that I've made really sacred in my own story is Lord, I don't know how to trust you in this area yet, but I want to, Mm -hmm. would Mm -hmm. you teach me what that looks like? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think about people that are listening and go, yeah, I hear this. I hear this. Like I'm curious about church or Jesus, or I've been in those, I've been in those settings for a really long time. And I feel like there isn't, there is a need for me to kind of restructure the way I show up in those spaces, the way that I ask for support, the way that I navigate conflict with my leadership team or with my congregation or, mm-hmm. you know, wherever people fall on that. It's the like, yeah, this sounds real good guys, but I'm not quite sure how to do like how to do the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wrote this, this phrase the other day in my journal and it says, Lord, I feel like there's too, there's too much formula in this thing I've mm-hmm. called freedom. Mm. And mm. so I'm really just trying to lean into the fact that like, well, maybe it's even the, the recovering of the innocence. I've asked the Lord, like, Lord, like I've in the spiritual trauma that I've experienced in my story, I have, I have lost some innocence that just is like, God works everything together for good. And that, you know, that mm-hmm. young 21 mm-hmm. year old that mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. That I had everything figured out in the supernatural, right? It's different. It's different all these years later. Um, and there is a grief that there's a grief of, oh, I miss her. Um, mm-hmm. 
but also I'm really grateful to be where I'm at at this now where I sit with the father and I say, Hey, yeah, there's a part of this that feels really broken for me. There's a part of this that feels broken for me when I showed up to church a couple days ago, right? There's mm-hmm. a part, there's a part of me that still, I have to navigate some stuff when I walk into the, to the doors next Sunday, like, um, and I just want to kind of offer her kind of offer that prayer point. And then I would love for you to kind of lead us in that of Lord, there's, there's some stuff happening that I want to learn how to trust you, but I don't know how to do it yet. Would you help? <laughs> um, if it's okay to say, I, I also identify in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not easy mm-hmm. carrying the supernatural and yep. being a person and being before your time and, yeah. and, and knowing all of these truths simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day I used to, cause I, sometimes I get religious and I, mm-hmm. I turn back the curtain and I'm mm-hmm. steady trying to get back somewhere. And one day father says to me, I'm not taking you back anywhere. Yeah. But there are new journeys we have ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> I almost started crying and it was I was because I was like even as I'm talking right now, I'm about to start bubbling on my words. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he says, Well, no, son. I don't desire to take you back. Yeah. For at that time, that's how you knew me. Mm-hmm. But there is a whole dimension of knowing mm, me yeah. that I'm going to show you. And it required these complexities mm-hmm. for you to really grasp it. Yeah. And that's what he just said to me. And I was just like, and then the tears came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the tears came. And um, and it just sucks. Yep. Yep. That's that's just that's the truth. It just it mm. it these are the parts of knowing the Lord. While Thomas was relieved after touching Jesus, mm-hmm. he will never be able to unfeel mm-hmm. what he knows. Yep. And there are some things in this mm-hmm. journey, while I don't regret my story, mm-hmm. there are some things in this journey I can't unknow. Mm-hmm. I will live with the knowing that my hands have touched that area. Yep. And um and so so Lord mm-hmm. there are some things that you have done in our lives that we just cannot unknow. Mm-hmm. But what I I kind of got this sense or this feeling that as we traverse this journey with you, there is a knowing of you that will even supersede what we what we think we've what we think we know. <laughs> um, Lord, I'm reminded of how the scripture talk, tells us that we may know you mm-hmm. in the power of your resurrection and how we also share in the suffering of your death. Yeah. And the truth is, this journey has not been easy. Mm-hmm. It has been exciting. It has been tumultuous. Mm-hmm. It has had lots of tears. It has had lots of pains. But there is also this satisfaction in knowing you. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, I pray even on this podcast for listeners today that 
where the journey has gotten rough in the knowing, where the tears have welled up, where for some it may seem like there is nothing else they have left. Father, almost like the Shunammite woman with her last might, the what's left is still good enough for you. You are the God that you know how to take the little and you specialize in ridiculous multiplication. But Lord, what I want to stand out more in this moment is even though it seemed like it's not much left, that that's just enough for you. Amen. That we don't have to somehow comprise or compulate or compute or to get some more. But just where we are and just what we have is enough. And so I loose that now. I break off those false expectations that society perpetuates that we have to obtain some more. But in this moment, Jesus, you are not looking for people to do anymore, but to be right where they are. And so, Lord, I just I just kind of pray that prayer out. I lose the hope in being the freedom in being. You are the God that every time we try to put your math system into an equation, you tear up the equation time and time again. And so I thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. (sighs) Thank you, friend. So grateful. Thank you. I didn't expect to end this in tears with my own We haven't prayed on the podcast yet because I'm I'm big about people getting permission, like, Mm-hmm. That they might be ready for that, but it just felt like um, there was space for what we what we talked about today for us to enter in and for us to mm-hmm. um, risk trusting again and find him faithful. Yeah. So, friends, if this conversation impacted you, I would love to hear about it. Um, you can send a review. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook or share with your friends the, the hope of this podcast is that these would inspire conversations in your real life community that set you up for life change. And so we believe it. We believe that you are worth the life you dream of. And we pray that this would be a small step in the journey towards that end. So until next time on the Recover Your Life podcast. <laughs>